To say that we feared the mountains would be an understatement. The towering crags that loomed over our humble village were a constant reminder of our small place in the wilderness, and of what little power men and women have over the elements of nature. As a young farm boy, I was rarely allowed to venture farther than the base of the cliffs. Not that I would have wanted to, anyway. The bang and howling that constantly pierced the night air while I stared at the thatched ceiling of our cottage was enough to keep me safely at a distance. And there were stories. Tales of strange creatures who lived deep inside the mountain caves. Huge beasts with the body of a man and the head of a bull that hunted the hillside for anything unfortunate enough to enter their land. The Minotaur. In fact, if it weren't for the Bellaberry, our village would have packed up and moved away from the mountains long, long ago. Bellaberry is an incredibly rare berry that grows in thick patches along the side of the cliffs, becoming more and more bountiful the higher you ascend, but generally found about two or three miles up from the base. Known for its uncanny healing powers, the entire economy of our poor little town is based on its harvest, which happens all year but in notoriously dangerous territory. Men band together in gathering parties to scale the mountain and bring down bushels of bellaberry, returning with stories of heroic fights with the monster from the caves, if they return at all. Suffice to say, there is a high demand for the berry, and not much of a supply, especially because a high concentration of the unusual ingredient can be used to bring life back to the recently deceased. Caravans come from all across the kingdom, buying as much as the elders will allow and then leaving before nightfall, rarely wanting to stay so close to our monsters of the mountains. Every once in a blue moon, a group of adventurers will stay in the local inn before or after their trek, but they leave quickly in the morning, unsettled by the eerie howling that keeps unaccustomed outsiders wide awake with fear. In truth, it's a fear that haunts the back of all of our minds, the thought that one day the Minotaur will come down from the hills and take back the berries that have been harvested from them. It was early spring when my younger brother, Percy, became very ill, first with a horrible fever and then aching tiredness that swept across his whole body. Within days, Percy was bedridden, unable to move due to terrible pain that haunted his joints. He couldn't eat or sleep, and when the town doctor came to check in, his prognosis was grim. Your brother has only a few days to live, the doctor tells my father and I, sitting patiently at our kitchen table as tears well in our eyes. The sickness has spread into his heart. It's in his blood. But just last week, he was running with the other children, playing in the fields, I protest. How is this possible? We live in a strange time, the doctor tells us, leaning back in his chair and sighing. The larger cities are safe, for the most part, but there is a darkness sweeping the land with sickness and famine. We live in a dark time, my father repeats. The doctor continues. The creatures of the wild are becoming more and more brazen each day, attacking villages, stealing townsfolk, and carrying them back up into the hills. I was in Dartmouth just the other day and heard stories of frogmen rising from the bottom of the lake and peering through windows at night. I saw one of them with my own eyes. The doctor shakes his head and lets out a long sigh. And don't even get me started on the minotaur of the mountain. A man with the head of a bull? It's utter madness. Enough about the darkness on the land. What can we do for Percy? I ask him, trying to hold myself together. For your brother? The doctor asks. Nothing. There must be something, I protest. My father, Orion, puts his hand on my shoulder. Navo, he tells me, there's nothing that can be done at this point. I lower my head and begin to cry, letting the tears stream down my face. 
After months of slaving away on this tiny farm, I've just about had enough with our family's string of bad luck. We lost our mother last spring and followed with a particularly devastating year of bad crops and worse weather. We're broke. Deep down, that's what makes all of this so frustrating. Not that we can't do anything for my brother, but because I know there's something we can do and simply can't afford it. I collect myself, desperately trying to gather my thoughts as my father and the doctor discuss final arrangements. 